And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at the short opening week ahead. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great. In a fantasy. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, March 29th. I'm Al Melchior, and I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Just three days away from opening day. Uh, we've, some of us, uh, have probably already had our first fabs. So, uh, time to shift into in-season mode. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Had the first fab grind of the year on Sunday and it was a big one because I had some drafts that happened more than a month ago. I had one that happened way back at the end of September. So you could imagine a lot has changed since <laughs> that draft ended. It was a slow draft. So it ended in mid-October. Uh, but there were all sorts of interesting players available, some big bids in that league and some uh, really competitive bids in TGFBI and uh, labor is going to run a little bit later. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this first one plays out. Yeah, likewise. Same here. And a lot of developments just very recently. So never mind all the stuff, you know, that happens in September, <laughs> but just in the last two or three days, uh, as is typical for this uh part of the uh, the cycle here a lot happening so um and unfortunately sometimes that involves really big injuries like the one that befell luke voigt he's got a torn meniscus so he's going to be out uh at least a little over a month and it looks like jay bruce is going to replace him at first base and i'm just going to rattle off a bunch of other developments here dvr and i'm really interested to see which one of these you think will have the biggest impact in terms of giving somebody value that they didn't have, say, two or three days ago. So we've got Jay Bruce uh, apparently replacing Luke Voigt. We've got Taylor Trammell winning the left field job for the Mariners. David Bodie winning the second base job in something of an upset uh, for the Cubs. Nico Horner getting optioned. Renato Nunez not making the Tigers opening day squad. Uh, Nikki Lopez getting sent down and Whit Merrifield getting moved back to second base. Jed Lowry becoming the second baseman, at least to start the season for the Oakland Athletics. And Taylor Widener uh, winning that competition to at least temporarily take over Zach Gallon's place in the Arizona rotation. So which one of these has you most interested? You know, I think Taylor Trammell probably has the best path to being shallow mixed league viable in part because he's got good plate discipline. He's got speed. He's got a little bit of power. If you look at his age to level production, he reached 20, he reached double A in 2019. Of course, started that season in Cincinnati, got traded to the Padres, uh, held his own at that level, had a 106 WRC plus before the trade a 98 WRC plus after. So right around a league average hitter for the entire season at age 21 at double A. Very impressive. And I think in Seattle, you know, 
change is slowly happening. Eventually, we're going to see Jared Kelnick in that outfield as well. It could get a little crowded depending on the health of Hanniger and some of the other options they have. They could move one of those guys to DH and move Ty France around. So they can make the pieces fit if Taylor Trammell plays well. And he's the kind of guy that if he plays well, he could have a very prominent spot in that Seattle lineup. So he really sort of pops for me of those players as the most interesting for the greatest number of people out there. Uh, I do think there are a few other names that are, are worth tracking, though. I think David Bodie's kind of interesting from a stat cast perspective. He's second and third base eligible in some leagues. So just kind of a good depth guy if you're in a 15-team mixed league or something deeper. Uh, Nicky Lopez, you know, getting sent down uh, is good because I think better players will play in Kansas City as a result. Uh, Jed Lowry for very deep leagues was probably overlooked this weekend. So I think going into Sunday's bidding, depending on where he's hitting in the order, I could see him being a little bit interesting for deeper mixed leagues. And Taylor Widener, I, I'd never really thought about him at all until he made the rotation. Uh, I think he's kind of like another Chase Anderson. Good changeup. Not a good fastball, has at least a passable third pitch. Velocity wasn't bad last year. The command's pretty decent. So he might be the kind of guy that holds the job for a little while. The only problem I have, Arizona's schedule in April is horrible. It is so tough. They catch the Padres a couple of times. They go on the road to Colorado. So for a guy like Widener especially, I can't see rostering him outside of NL-only leagues right now. And it has me kind of nervous about Luke Weaver, too, just as a, a stash that I had in a lot of leagues, a late pitcher I took that I liked. I can't really see myself using Weaver in the first couple of weeks of the season either. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a few names in there that are interesting, but Taylor Trammell is the one that really stands out to me. All right. Well, I want to just uh, circle back to one of these scenarios, uh, and that is the Tigers with Renato Nunez not being on the opening day roster. I think that was one of the more surprising moves. You might think, well, this is the Tigers. So, you know, why are we really interested in who's going to pick up those plate appearances? But I do wonder um, whether or not maybe this is a, a boomerang for Victor Reyes, because it looked like he was going to get squeezed out. We talked about that on some previous episodes. And with some moving parts there, maybe you have Miguel Cabrera playing more first base, which means maybe you have No Mazzara playing more DH. So does this change anything for Reyes or maybe for somebody else that you think is worthwhile talking about? It probably stabilizes Mazzara and Reyes a little bit. I mean, Mazzara is only going to play against righties, and they see a lot of righties to begin the season. They're just all really good. They see Cleveland twice, and they get the beginning of Cleveland's rotation twice. Not great. Uh, so, you know, I I think Mazzara is a little safer than he was going into the weekend. And Reyes, I think he's the guy they should keep playing over Jacoby Jones at some point. So I think this at least buys Reyes some time to prove to the Tigers that he should be a part of their long-term plan. All right. Well, in a couple of closer situations that are uh, developing and developing in ways that maybe we didn't foresee a few days ago, I had pretty much been assuming that Joaquin Soria was going to be the Diamondbacks closer, even though, in all fairness, uh, Tori Lavolo never did make that announcement. But I went out and drafted a lot of Joaquin Soria. And now Lavolo has come out and said that he is not going to have a set closer to start the season. And then in Boston, uh, we've got Matt Barnes testing positive for COVID-19. It was pretty much presumed that he and Adam Adovino were competing and might have wound up splitting saves or, uh, you know, one maybe winning out over the other. So at least initially, it looks like Adam Adovino could be the sole closer there for the Red Sox. Uh, so anything changing for you here in terms of uh, 
potential closers that might be on waivers right now. Adovino, I think, is the most interesting where available. I know he's pretty heavily rostered at this point because that was a battle we were watching throughout draft season. But I think there's at least a chance that if Adovino does well in Barnes's absence, they could just say Barnes is a, a seventh and eighth inning guy. Like That's not out of the question. I think with Adovino... We're at the point in his career where trying to shorten up his outings might be a way to preserve his health. So I could see it playing out in a way where Adovino ends up emerging as the clear-cut closer, even if he's not necessarily getting that designation in the next few days or even in the next couple of weeks. I think he's still worth picking up in leagues where he's available. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Well, you know, you talked before DVR about the Diamondbacks schedule really over the long term, over the the whole month coming up ahead. Uh, let's uh, zoom in and just look at the short week that's coming up, opening week, four days. If you're playing in a league that's playing Thursday to Sunday. Uh, and yeah, one of those Padres series coming right up uh, in San Diego for the Diamondbacks. It is a four game series, though. So it's kind of a glass half full, half empty scenario there, uh, at least for the hitters. Same thing for uh, the Dodgers and the Rockies. They've got a four game series. It's in Coors Field. So that's certainly great for both teams. Uh, but the bad news is that the Rockies have to face the Dodgers rotation. And then you've got, got a couple of other four game series this week, Astros and athletics, and then White Sox at the Angels. So, you know, there's a number of borderline situations there where you might give, you know, say one of your A's hitters or one of your Angels hitters uh, a start because they've got that extra game. But let's focus in on those series with those, those tough pitching matchups, uh, Dodgers against the Rockies and Padres facing the Diamondbacks. How do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, I think in the case of the Rockies, I, I don't want to use most of their pitchers at home anyway. And I think even someone like Herman Marquez, who might be good enough to occasionally get used at home, he's not getting used at home against the Dodgers. That is just too much for even Herman Marquez outside of NL only leagues. And even there, you're just crossing your fingers and hoping that it's only three runs and in five innings and he strikes some guys out. Uh, but I think you know the Arizona situation is pretty bad. I think when you look at that team, Madison Bumgarner is probably more interesting than the fantasy community is giving him credit for at this point. I still don't want to pitch him against the Padres, regardless of where that game is at. I know in San Diego, a lot of times, because of the marine layer and the way the park plays, it ends up being a pretty soft landing spot. But as I look at the Arizona rotation, especially without Zach Gallen, I'm not really sure there's anybody I trust in this matchup for most mixed leagues. I, I think this is a terrible spot for the D-backs to begin the season. I don't want to throw Merrill Kelly there. I absolutely don't want to throw a fringy lefty like Caleb Smith there. And Luke Weaver's spring was all over the place. He was having a big issue leaving pitches out over the plate, hanging breaking balls, giving up a ton of home runs. So I'm completely avoiding the Arizona starters in San Diego if I can help it. And it's so weird because for years we were streaming, we were targeting, we, we wanted almost anybody we could get in San Diego. But uh, you know, some changes to the park, obviously bigger changes to the lineup have really changed my tune. Well, what about the hitters? Like somebody like a Christian Walker for Arizona or maybe a Rymel Tapia for the Rockies? Uh, 
how do you deal with that? Because you've got the extra game. You've got Coors Field for the Rockies hitters. But then again, you've got these pitchers they've got to face. You know, someone like Toppy is probably still in because of the fourth game. Walker's probably still in because of the fourth game. Always, you know, checking to see how good the player is with three games in comparison. But I think one thing that we get wrong a lot of times in leagues with weekly lineup changes is undervaluing the extra time that some players get. Even when the matchup is more difficult, I think you still want to err on the side of the extra counting stats for your hitters. So in both cases, Walker and Tapia, I'd be leaning towards playing them wherever I can. All right. And then just a few uh, other potentially favorable matchups here. Boston hitters against the Orioles starters. Well, the Orioles pitching staff, I should say. Uh, Royals hitters against the Rangers staff. Uh, Cleveland hitters against the Tigers staff, and you've got two uh, lefties out of three going in Boyd and Scooble along with Julio Tehran, so maybe a Jordan Luplo week in some deeper leagues. And I'd, I'd seen you on Twitter talking about the Giants-Mariners series, too, in terms of the pitching uh, streaming possibilities there. So um, what advice would you give out of out of those series? Yeah, I, I guess the one I'll focus on is that Giants-Mariners series. I mean, I think Seattle, even with their interesting young players coming up, still a team that you can pick on with mid-range starters. I don't know if I want to stream Johnny Cueto against them at this point of Cueto's career. Maybe in a really deep league, I would do that. But Logan Webb caught my eye as someone that where he's available, I wanted to get him this weekend. I thought he was worth a 3 to 4% bid pretty easily. I love, just as much as I don't like Arizona's schedule in April, I love San Francisco's schedule. Webb, after the start at Seattle on Saturday, returns home against the Rockies. The Rockies outside of Coors are going to be one of the easiest targets for us all season long. So just those first two starts alone for Logan Webb really jump off the page. But the guy that I was really surprised by who I actually wanted to stream in deeper leagues this week is Chris Flexen. I don't even think Chris Flexen's good. I just, (laughs) I look at San Francisco's offense and I say, you guys were better than we expected last year, but it was a shortened season. It was a part of the year when the weather's warmer, the ball carries a little better. Prove it, prove that you're not a below average offense. Like I'm, I'm going right at them right away with Chris Flexen and Chris Flexen might be off my roster by the time uh, we speak for the Monday show next week. But I want to take a shot on, on him at home against this San Francisco offense. All right. Well, I got him in TGFBI, so he's going to be in my starting lineup uh, for this coming week. And then wrapping up here, DVR, with a couple of schedules. We talked about a number of schedules that are potentially good for hitters, um, some ones that I think could be trouble. And it's actually it's the same series, the Brewers and the Twins. I think a lot of good starting pitching, a, a lot of good relievers we could see in those games. Uh, Maeda's, Maeda, Burrios and Pineda for the Twins and for the Brewers, Woodruff, Burns, and Hauser. So any hitters that you would be avoiding there? I don't think so because the park is still a favorable hitter park. I think that's enough to keep most of the the guys in. The fringy guys might be guys that are only playing two of three. So if you're looking at this situation and you're thinking that Avi Garcia might only start two out of three games, you probably have somebody else who's starting three of three, even if you don't like that player skills-wise as much as Garcia, because of the matchups, that would probably nudge me all the way over to that other player if I wasn't already playing the higher volume option. 
All right. Fair enough. Well, a lot of information here for the first week, but of course we will be here all week, but it's going to wrap this episode up for Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. And before we sign off here, just be sure to check out Ding You, presented by BetMGM. It's our March Madness show. Listen on the Daily Ding podcast feed or watch the show on YouTube. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier. We'll be right back here on Tuesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.